Welcome to Unmasked. I'm Brendan. He's Evan. Hello. On this episode, the DC Fandome and Project Power. Well, everyone, we are recording this on a Saturday night, and as anyone listening will know, last night on Friday, we received just awful news that unexpectedly, well, unexpectedly to most of the world, uh, Chadwick Boseman, most famously known, at least especially to listeners uh, of this podcast and us as Black Panther, passed away from cancer that he had been sort of silently battling for the past four years, um, known really only to friends and family in between surgeries and chemo filming all these amazing movies that are a lot of action and just, it would be hard for anyone, but we're still just kind of processing it. It's kind of crazy. And we just wanted to, I don't know, talk about it, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I know, you know, we, you and I have kind of talked about this a little bit before recording, and I think we're in the same boat where it, you know, it, it was, it's such a shock, of course, um, but it really hits hard because first, he was just incredibly talented, and, you know, especially as, you know, Black Panther was just the perfect person to embody that character and kind of bring them to life on the screen for the first time. Um, but even, you know, beyond that, I think what just really s- s- extra sucks is he and what he did with that character, like, was so meaningful and powerful for especially, like, the black community seeing, you know, seeing a superhero that looks like, you know, a black person on screen for the first time in such a major way. Um, and, you know, all these clips have been circulating, you know, in the past, you know, 24 hours of you know, him meeting with kids and, you know, people talking about how much it meant to them. And, um, and then just like that, you know, he's gone and, and it's, it's so and just, you know, in this, this year of all sorts of awful things happening to so many people, um, it just was like an extra gut punch, uh, that, you know, I think even, you know, most other, even surprising celebrity deaths, like don't, quite at least for me and i think i don't mean to speak for you but like just doesn't doesn't hit the same way like it just something about it was just an extra gut punch and really yeah was really kind of shook me up a little bit last night when when the news hit yeah i I mean you pretty much nailed exactly how i'm feeling too just amazing talent gone too soon got especially to not know he was sick and all the things he's gone through i guess there were people that had been like putting him down or like questioning his health or like, Hey, I guess he's looked maybe thinner or something and maybe seemed weak and people kind of questioning his, like if he was tired of like having to do the, like be this black Panther character, like to all these people all the time. And it's like, that wasn't it at all. Especially when you see all the things he was doing, like those visits, to hospitals and stuff and, you know, being able to, to, to be able to do what he did with these appearances and to film without people knowing is just to power through that is insane. Um, 
yeah, I just it's you're right. It just, it's it's hitting different, and because what he meant to so many people, and especially given this year and what the black community is going through right now, and the, the Black Lives Matter movement, and you know he he we're talking about Black Panther, of course, but he played a lot of great, amazing. He, he the one guy played Black Panther, Jackie Robinson, um, James Brown. It's just wild. I didn't Third also didn't know he was in. Oh yeah, right, right. I didn't know yeah. he was in um, the Five Bloods either. I just had no yes. idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's. Yep. I was already. I was already near the top of my list. It's probably at the top now. Um, yeah. But just it was Jackie Robinson Day when he passed away, and then it was also Jack Kirby's yeah. birthday, who created Black Panther. So it's just really. And he was forty-two. It's weird. He was. I thought he was forty-three. I uh, that he's he was forty-two. There was some mis, mis, mis- miscounting. Jeez, that's going on that's just crazy. So yeah, obviously, you know thinking of his family of course who's been suffering with him through all this not really been able to talk to people and all of his friends that worked with him and all of us who will never get to see what else he could have done he was i mean with all those amazing roles who knows what he had a whole decades of work left in him so yeah anyway just you know wanted to share some thoughts on him since it's so so fresh and um will miss his talent for sure yeah yeah so. definitely well moving on to some you know we do want to get to the the show here some you know and Lou, the only really news is kind of this big dc event called the dc fandom which was i think the most successful attempt uh, of all these different kind of conventions and things that have been canceled due to the covid pandemic in an attempt to kind of create a digital online version Certainly in terms of the, the level of announcements and buzz, this was by far, you know, a huge success. Um, and we got a lot of new trailers, some kind of tidbits and things. And I know you're going to kind of walk us through the list for what to talk about. I know I'm going to have some of it's a little off the deep end and I'll have probably a few things to say well, where you do not. But we'll run through some things, I guess, before we get to our movie. Yes, right. definitely. Real quick, I will, because of course I started doubting myself. He was 43 when he passed. Oh, okay. okay. I, I had seen a bunch of Twitter conversation about that, so I, I miscounted myself. So wanted to wanted to correct myself. but Well, and I guess um, since you mentioned it, I was watching some trailers for Black Panther and taking just kind of going through that, remembering the movie and stuff, because that, that movie is absolutely incredible. And I'll, like a lot of people, will be rewatching it. Yeah. Probably this weekend yet still, but just how special that movie is just such a good movie. And he, like you said, I'm just reiterating what you said, basically, but just that role in that movie specifically, just so well done. Such a a great Marvel film, a great film, but like one of the best Marvel movies. And now just looking back, it just pisses me off that green book won the Oscar. Cause it's like, I'm not saying black Panther should have won, but it's better than green book. (laughs) Yeah. I have not seen Green Book. I don't know if I ever will. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Let that one go. But yeah. To um, the to the fandom. Fandom, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of like you said, I, I feel like uh, this fandom delivered, right? You know, in terms of a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. The biggest, I know you are, I think a lot of people are certainly excited about it. I, I was eager to get a, get a peek at it. Um, we got the first, surprisingly... With how much is still left to make of this movie, we got the first substantial trailer for the Batman, uh, Matt Reeves' uh, version of the character, which is scheduled to come out currently scheduled to come out October 
2021, um, I emphasized that it was kind of surprising to get this deep of a look because they said they've still only shot 25% of the film because they had to put it on pause with all the virus stuff, though I think they're getting ready to get going again in September or so. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, what uh, what did you think of The Batman? Robert Pattinson as The Batman. So... I feel like there have been some good trailers lately, like the Wonder Woman trailer. Um, that last one, I was a huge that whatever with the uh, enjoy. Uh, what was what's the song on that? Oh, Blue. Oh, Blue uh, Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah, is really good. But this trailer blew me away. And part of it is what you just said. We know they'd filmed very little. We were kind of expecting because it was the end of the show. We kind of knew we were going to see some footage, but I thought it would be just kind of some thrown together behind the scenes or just a few little clips of him in action, but we saw a full two minute or whatever trailer, despite it only having only a quarter of it filmed. And to me, it did not look like a half-assed trailer. It was, it did the job for me. And with Matt Reeves coming on board and kind of just hearing about the approach of this kind of detective story, it's not an origin story. He's very clearly, we also got a lot of Matt Reeves set up for this and you could tell how excited he was, how much he'd thought about the character and the type of story he wants to tell uh, his own story while kind of honoring the legacy of the character and finding his own way to kind of express that, which is what any filmmaker or actor wants to do. That's what we want to see is something different with, even though it's a familiar character with Pattinson coming on board, I was even more excited. So I, I don't know how my expectations were extremely high and they were blown away. I just thought this was a, it was a dark take, but not dark just to be like mean and violent, kind of like Frank Miller Ben Affleck's Batman. This was a very um, angry, but like a young, not a young, not an old cynical anger like uh, Affleck's, but a a raw, impassioned um, Bruce. And I think a lot of people have been commenting on this as just one little bit at the end. But you actually seeing the the face paint that he wears mm-hmm. around his eyes, which is in every Batman. It's just very odd that they don't talk about it. Or they cut away when they're gonna. He's about to take his mask off and have him not be wearing it anymore. Um, but you've seen lots of jokes about like goth Batman or emo emo Batman, and I just think Batman is like the most emo character that exists. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? So to just see that, like, I know that's a joke to say emo Batman. If you just think about somebody that Batman with all of that, like, this is what he's been waiting for. He's been building up and he's trying to do this, unleash this out and. As Reeves said, it's not really working after a year. And to have him be kind of confronted with this mystery that somehow tie, ties into him. I thought the ending was really cool. So everything about this trailer tells you a, a lot about... It was a great trailer and that it was cool. It had all the little moments that you want trailers to have with rising up and the little post-credits kind of... Or post-title thing. But it, it really told you what to expect with this story of like, well, how am I involved? You'll see. Like... what that means i don't know but um yeah i could could go on and on i also loved everyone's freaking out why and and understandably so about that little beat down he puts on that criminal Mm -hmm. and i like it again i think there's a fine line between not just oh he's big and mean and doesn't take no prisoners and this is a guy who has some raw energy to left to to unleash and as somebody who's watched a trailer several times now this is not a precise like the christian bale krav maga just very efficiently and quickly dispatching enemies. This is just, he is like, well, you can see how like, um, un, un, unrestrained 
his mm-hmm. hand is is he's just like flailing at this guy like this is a raw batman we haven't really seen before where yeah. the movies kind of gloss over this or skip this point entirely so i just think i can just i'm just getting the sense from the film that pattinson and reeves are just really thinking about this and this is going to be the closest to like a maybe real an almost art kind of level film of batman that than we've gotten before and i don't know maybe some people don't maybe that's a very optimistic reading but everything about this lo-fi batman with the paint and like the car that looks like just a normal car with an engine he attached to it this crazy like i'm just loving everything about it cinematography yeah paul dano's riddler is like this kind of serial killer guy i'm i was all in before but i'm all in now baby yeah yeah, I so I, I guess I should preface or contextualize um, for this and basically most of, of the DC stuff. Like, I, I myself did not spend time with the fandom. So, like, I did not see Matt Reeves, you know, talking about mm. this stuff. I just saw the trailer. Like, that's my, my lens right now. As is most um, people. Thank you for grounding yeah, me yeah, in that truth. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but just, just because I – my – reaction might be even more positive if i did have some of that but i thought it was definitely a a good peak of something that i look forward to seeing and i'm intrigued to see more um i think you know what you described with the beat down was definitely like to me the main thing that was like oh this is a different like oh besides also seeing some eyeliner like yes (laughs) you know or i you know face like yeah yeah like um oh like this okay this is a this, this moment right here feels like a different take than what we have seen before from, I mean, most notably, I think the, you know, the Nolan movies, um, everything else looked good, but I wasn't blown away. I would say I, I was like, okay, it looks like another kind of what I, I think I expected from this movie, like a dark, gritty, more realistic Batman. Like, okay, like that could be cool, but it, it didn't feel like a groundbreaking earth shattering thing that I think some people have reacted you know, in the way that some people have felt. Um, not that that's wrong or anything, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I think the cast is great. I super did not know that that was Colin Farrell in, in the trailer. I still am having trouble believing it. It just doesn't yeah, look like yeah. him. It doesn't sound like him. <laughs> Playing a Cobblepot, right? Um, mm-hmm. Also known as the Penguin. Yes. Perhaps in this movie, perhaps in a future movie. Um yeah, so I'm, I'm into it. I think I, I'm so excited that Pattinson is in this role. I think I think he and I, and you know I think not that he really did a whole lot except beat up a guy and kind of look around. He did when he did the I, I couldn't place it at first, but then I saw on Twitter and it helped me connect it when he grabs the the kid like to get him away from the car that comes crashing through the church or whatever. They're when in. he dives at that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he does that same thing in the Twilight movies, like, in a Twilight trailer with Bella. Like, oh, he really? pulls her out of the way the car is, <laughs> like, that, I feel like I've seen that before. But, um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I, you know, I've, I've watched the trailer, trailer twice. It's, it's not a trailer that's, like, I'll be watching it every week for the next year. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. And, and I might you be. Are, I'm that's not okay. ashamed that's to fine. say that's I, fine. I am that's... one of these people. And I think, I think. You're right. There is as much as I'm praising it, and people are for for how much how complete the trailer was and how cool it was. Given they've only shot 25, percent there's still very little actually revealed. There's so much more 
we have left to see. And I get that. I think this is just such a good starting point. Those of us who are already excited, this just kind of feeds your imagination for what else could come. It still has to deliver and tell all these things, you know. We didn't. We heard two lines from Andy Circus. We didn't see him. Mm-hmm. We just saw a brief Zoe. You know, there's. We didn't really even see Paul Dano, other than those glasses. Assuming that is him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's such a good starting point. And considering the the Ben Affleck film never, you know, took off, and this is kind of what was born out of that or out right. of that. I mean, this is it's just such. It's just crazy that Dark Knight Rises came out. Um, eight years ago <laughs> so which wow. is wild yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. it'll be almost 10 years and it looks like this will be a that was so well received it's kind of like how do you top that and do something different and it just it's a this is a good first sign that this may be how you do that <laughs> is, totally. is, the, is the Batman yeah. Yeah. and I thought that uh, Nirvana song that then they combined with that I don't know, that kind of industrial work when they like did the title and it came together. I was into that, man. I'm just, I'm feeling That's it. That's great. I, I'm at the point where pretty much any time a movie does something like that, or a movie trailer pulls that now, I'm just I know, like, I know. What? Like, come on, guys. And that's, and now that I think about it, I guess that was my very initial impression of that trailer was, oh, you're doing this song. Well, at least like, this one, okay. though, the, the, the trope or whatever the the cliche is to make a, a a slowed down cover version, whereas this what is just a slow acoustic sure. Nirvana song. So I'm gonna sure. try to spin that into. Sure, you're right. You're right. <laughs> no, you are uh, totally right. That which is a a theme. Well, I guess not a cover, but something that affects one of the other things. Uh, we we'll have to talk we'll about. get to another another <laughs> cover of a song in a few minutes. Um, but uh. Yeah, so th- so that comes out October twenty twenty one. So still still a ways to go on for that now. one, but uh, we will of course see more of that in the future. Probably not for a while at this point, I would guess. But um, yeah, promising first look for sure. Um, the other probably the other kind of movie that we really got a, a decent look at. Um, all all said, um, well, that's not really true. Wonder Woman was in the mix too, but. In terms of, of kind of more future stuff, uh, the Suicide Squad, we got our first peek, uh, first significant peek at um, who's in this movie, what characters they're playing, and they didn't have really a trailer, but they had a behind-the-scenes kind of featurette um, that I think did a, you know, from for, for behind-the-scenes footage, did a pretty good job of getting, giving a taste of what they're going for in terms of style and the type of action and, and that kind of stuff. Um, which is what a trailer's supposed to do. So I mean, it's essentially served the same function, you know. Totally. Yeah. Right. It is interesting because because this is coming out August two thousand twenty one, so it's actually like it's done filming. Like they they sure could have done a trailer if they wanted, but obviously they just have a different marketing plan, which is totally fine. Um, but the, I think the biggest thing for a lot of people was just seeing like we kind of knew who was already in this movie, but mostly didn't know who people were actually playing. So I turn it to you, uh, comic book expert Brendan. Who are all these characters and what's what's their deal? Yeah, so <clears throat> what's interesting about this is right after you tout me as an expert, I basically have never heard of the majority of these characters. <laughs> um, I'd be a little more – I mean, and they're going for for the, the, the D list or whatever here, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the thing. Um, but all, all the characters in – almost all of them in, in Suicide Squad, the David Ayer film I had heard of. So this is even – 
going lower than that. And the the Marvel equivalent, I would maybe have a higher chance of knowing who they are. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. outside of our returning characters like uh, Harley Quinn, um, Rick Flagg, Joel Kinnaman's kind of leader character, uh, Boomerang, and uh, Amanda Waller, mm-hmm. I pretty much have only heard of a couple of them. One of which is Polka Dot Man, just because he's one of these like kind of joke villains you just hear about from how ridiculous they are. And King Shark, who we he was I, on, um, he was actually in the Flash, and he was in that Suicide Squad game that they kind of teased during this event as well. Okay, I feel like I've been familiar with him in some way before, and maybe Mongol I've heard of, but yeah, Ratcatcher and Blackguard, Javelin, uh, Weasel, that Sean Gunn. So, to, so just to re- refresh everyone's memories because I kind of forget this too that oh yeah that happened the whole James Gunn leaving Marvel and then <laughs> he made the suicide squad so, so happening, yeah. yeah so his brother Sean who played who played the like physical on set version of rocket is playing moving from a raccoon to a weasel and that weasel right. looked weird as he should <laughs> um so my my big takeaway from this was that this is going to be Whereas Suicide Squad just really tried to tell you how off the wall and like crazy it was, this is going to actually just be that yeah. and embrace, you know, when you have 18 characters, there are 18 like major kind of cast members that they revealed and were part of this event. Some of these are going to die and they're just people to look at to have fun on screen while they're blowing stuff up. Yeah. And James Gunn can do that. And these guys look like they have a lot of fun from the behind the scenes thing and yep. knowing that they're going for like a 70s war movie vibe. Yeah, that's kind like, of one of the things they they mentioned specifically. Yeah, so that, that I just think, yeah, a lot of these guys are going to not be in there a lot long. They're going to die. This isn't going to be yeah. a, char- a deep character study. I don't think that's what you go for with yeah. all these type of characters. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they have some kind of better arc for Harley and all that. Um, the biggest one, without going into all these characters, is that there was some early speculation, which I think was dismissed a while ago, that. Um, Idris Elba would be playing like a recasted version of Will Smith's Deadshot that is definitely not happening. He's playing yeah. somebody called Bloodsport, which I've never heard of. It's exciting. Cool. Um, yeah. So basically no one that anyone – there were all these people that they, everyone was guessing who might be who and almost everyone was wrong because they're just yeah. random people. Yeah. Um, my only other comment really is that I thought Harley Quinn's costume was fantastic in this. Mm. I just thought it looked really cool. And – uh, James Gunn keeps saying this is like the most fun he's ever had making a film. So that, I mean, he, he's about to go make a third Guardians film. So I don't think he would be saying that if he didn't truly mean it. Sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just everyone just seems to be having a good time. And it looks like it's a good a good time, which is what obviously you want out of a film like this. So another good, good like kind of first sign of, of you know, what might Definitely. come. But of course, more, more to see. Yeah, I, I just like that they have... The combination of someone like James Gunn, who has really, with the, especially the Guardian stuff, has really proven himself in this you know, arena, combined with, as you just described, a bunch of kind of nobody characters that, you know, DC has clearly been willing to take more risks recently in a variety of ways. But even, you know, even with that, the fact that he's playing with a bunch of like, d-list characters means he can probably do even crazier weirder things with them than he would with like more established characters right um which just makes me super eager to see 
yeah, what happens. I mean, a good, sorry to interrupt, I just thought of a good compare, not com- at least where I'm going with this is like, think of how funny the Deadpool 2 X-Force scene was with all these yeah. just oh, random, totally. but like totally. an entire movie with more of them. Like that yes, just sounds that's wild. That's a great, that's a great, <laughs> great, yeah, comparison. I, exactly, I think that's exactly what I'm hoping for from this. I also, you know, the, describe it as like a 70s war movie, which is kind of a weird thing to say. It's like, are you just saying it's like a Vietnam movie, which is like kind of an odd <laughs> yeah. comparison. But, yeah. but from the footage, what what I did like is, at least in the footage, you know, there were still plenty of blue screens, but there were still a lot of like practical, like wire work going on, like people getting like blown across like a set, you know, and like it just, like it looked like it could be like really grounded is a weird word to say probably, but like, you know, like, like that sort of like a movie made in the seventies, right? That's like, when oh, all the costumes were kind of like that too. They were kind of more simple, like the goofier helmets and kind of single color spandex. Not like the super busy Justice League armor piece suits. You know, I don't know. They just yeah, yeah. They looked like action figures, kind of. Sure. You know, yeah. like some kind of maybe some GI Joe type. Yeah, stuff yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I I'm into it. That's yeah. Um, Really, really hope that he pulls it off, which I have no doubt that he will. Um, but that's so that's after after this year, like after Wonder Woman, which is in a normal year would have already been out. But after Wonder Woman, that is the next DC movie is uh, Suicide Squad again, August 2021. The so Suicide Squad. The excuse me. The yeah, we've, <laughs> we've gotten to that point in the DC films where we're at the Batman and the Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> soon we'll get to some other reboot with the but um yeah uh i you know before too long i'm sure we'll start seeing even more of that movie too so um i'm, I'm excited about that uh the other kind of i'd say big story that it actually kind of happened before the fandom but it was i guess more or less confirmed the fandom and kind of expanded upon a little bit is some up really interesting surprising updates about what's going on with the flash movie now, we know that ever since um, oh, Ezra Miller, almost blanked on his name, uh, ever since he was cast as the Flash that they've been talking about making a, a solo Flash movie with, wasn't Christopher, or not Christopher Lloyd, uh, Lloyd and uh, Miller, weren't they involved with the Flash movie at some point? Am I making that up? Oh, the, uh, Lord and Miller? Lord and Yeah, yeah, they were originally, Lord, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think they left right? to like, do Solo. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's gone through all sorts of weird things. Um, so many people, and and it's currently still on track to be made with a release date of June two thousand twenty-two. So still a ways away. But the big news is that some familiar faces are set to be in this movie, playing Batman. One of those being Ben Affleck returning as Batman after he said he was done with it basically or dc told him he was done who knows exactly how that worked clearly not he's not in the batman movie we just talked about so that's that alone is certainly a bit of a shock um even more shocking is michael keaton the original bat well yeah (laughs) the modern era let's say uh, if uh, that's even 30 what 30 years ago now but michael keaton the one who started this whole Batman movie train uh, is returning as Batman, which is just 
that was like when that when that news broke a few weeks ago it was one of those things that like no matter how many times i saw it reported by like respectable outlets i'm like this this is not real right this is a fake <laughs> yeah. story that you all are falling for right now but it's happening that's crazy yeah, it is um and even the it, it's weird that it's happening especially like you put it on the on this flash movie which has just been in, right you know until this event you know we have director andy muschietti is that how you say it who just did the uh it movies for wb mm-hmm. on board writer christina hodson who just did birds of prey you got ezra miller they were all so i don't before i continue because you just reminded me like you didn't see the matt reeves thing did you see any because there's obviously they haven't filmed it yet but have you did you see any of the, them talking about this or did you just no. read about the okay i saw the concept art okay sure um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting because so not only is it weird that DC, they're making essentially, they're going to have two Batman movies filming at the same time, two, two movies with two different Batman, which I just think back to the Smallville days where Batman was never going to appear on that show because they thought it would be confusing for there to be a TV Batman. And now sure. we have like a TV flash and a movie and there's going to be all the, all these different things. Um, but that's just something Marvel can't do that's that's the downside to their connected little universe you know and dc is embracing that even further by fully going in on the multiverse which was really the big kind of thing they focused on during this little panel was that you know um in comic books the heroes always go to different dimensions and things like that but dc has always embraced this multiverse concept with earth one and okay on earth two there's these the kind of old classic characters from like the old flash with the the helmet, you know, he he's from Earth too, and so they all exist together, and they can go on adventures together and do this. They're they're kind of saying, hey, we have all these random movies, kind of exploring time and and space allows us to basically do whatever we want when we want. <laughs> we can pull Michael Keaton's Batman in, and then he cannot be there anymore. Like we can have a Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, and it can be its own thing. We can have a Batman movie with Ben Affleck, and it can connect to the other movies like it's really ingenious that they can now do and combine any characters they want you know like there obviously has to be some sort of plot reason and and it's it's kind of another interesting thing they're doing this is uh the the comic flashpoint which at one point they they said this movie was going to be called flashpoint but that they apparently kind of walked that back but in the comic flashpoint it, it wasn't a big like time dimension hopping thing it was something happens that causes like reality to change like kind of a days of future past type thing mm. and then something they and then there's kind of some crazy people are in different places in this environment whereas here they're kind of seem to be taking this approach of like worlds colliding type thing i would assume with michael keaton's batman and have there been two batman um and in that concept art you mentioned he sure is right in front of michael keaton's batman i mean he's under kind of some shadow but it's very clearly him yep yeah um so it it is as you said even though it's true it just is kind of hard to believe um but you know him playing vulture and kind of leaning into returning to his roots a little bit at least that it does kind of track somewhat um but it'll just be crazy to see when and if this comes out i will say i know it's just concept art but they talked about it being a little more his new suit being a little more organic and like light kind of shining off it the flashes Mm -hmm. in that in that same piece where he's kind of crouched in front of keaton's batman 
and it gave me some Green Lantern suit vibes just for a split second, the way they talked oh, no. about it and showed it. And I was just kind of like, ooh. But I will say, <laughs> I, I, do, I do like the concept better than I was not a big fan of his kind of armor busy suit from Justice League. So mm. I think that would be cool. Anyway, that's enough of my ramblings. I'm, I am, you know, as you like to say with this movie and several others, we'll we'll see if this movie actually comes out. But this is by far the most kind of momentum it's gained, and cer- certainly seems like it's going to be made this time. More yeah. so than than, than past uh, iterations. Do you think? <laughs> so I, I guess I guess Affleck being in it makes even more sense because this Flash character is in Affleck's Batman world right um do you think uh do you think they called christian bale and was like hey what if what if we got you in here for a day and we did something i'm guessing they didn't even bother because they knew his answer <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean that's the missing piece right is like actually what, what, what would actually be amazing if, is if they got like george clooney to like which oh wouldn't actually God. make sense because he's sort of supposed to be Michael Keaton's Batman. So it, it's kind of funny that, um, oh, yeah, you're right, that those do loosely. Uh, I mean, it's the same Alfred, same right. Commissioner Gordon, um, right? So I'm not caught up on the Arrowverse, the CW shows, and I don't know if I ever will. But, you know, each year they, especially once they got more of these shows together, each year they do a big crossover. And a year ago, in the fall, they did um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is like, the biggest kind of event comic from the eighties, which they, the DC always has these, these events where they either realize the universe is too complicated. And so they blow it all up and have one. And then they go, Oh wait, that was more fun. And then they reveal the multiverse again. And they, it's like an accordion. Sure. Um, Bond is very similar. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so, so the, the, the CW crossover, they really, use this as like a victory lap to call in all favors. Like they had Tom Welling from oh, Smallville right. yeah. Yeah. finally, who like never wanted really to be in the tights and all that stuff. You know, he was there. They had Kevin Conroy who voiced Batman in the animated series, like appear as himself as like an old Bruce Wayne. And and they even had embracing this multiverse concept. They maybe even showed this clip. They did in the uh, fandom panel. Ezra Miller and his flash suit appeared on the show and like interacted with Grant Gustin's flash, which is yeah. just really cool. And obviously yeah. something that, you know, it's just, that's so unique to D- DC. That's just kind of where I'm going out with there embracing this. But yeah, I will yeah. say for anyone who's read flashpoint as a little tease to you, Batman has a very interesting role in that story and the Batman and yeah. in, in flashpoint. So I'm, I'm very curious to see, if that's a coincidence with all these Batmen or not. So interesting. interesting. Yeah. Well, it seems like that movie is going to get made this time. And, so. and did you see that? Like, apparently Affleck like got the script and then just a few days later was like, yeah, I'm in. I did not see that. No. Which maybe it's just really short. And he's like, sure. I kind of had fun. It kind of ended before I thought it would. Right, so right. why not? Or maybe uh, who knows, but it's interesting. Yeah, the his very his very interesting road with this character continues. So that's and good, again, and good sc- for him. Scheduled for June two thousand twenty-two, so bit of a wait until that comes to fruition. But I assume that means they would yeah start filming it. You know, not that long from now. So right. I think I think it's actually going to get made. So we'll 
we'll see how that turns out. That that is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, those were kind of the 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 big stories, but there were some sort of quick smaller things we wanted to at least touch on. Um, I'm just going to kind of run through some of those basically in order of release. Uh, so first, we did just want to say Wonder Woman again. Have have already mentioned it a couple times, but that movie is still. Uh, scheduled to be released in October, you know, after being delayed from the summer. Um, they did show a new trailer, which I have not seen, and I don't think you have either. I saw a couple bits because they were, I was watching the panel, and then I didn't expect them to have a new trailer, so I kind of got, caught a piece mm. out of the corner of my eye and have seen, and that piece happened to be the same kind of images that have been going around the internet, which you get to see kind of the first look at um, Kristen Wiig in full-on villain mode, right? Um, which we kind of knew was coming, or assumed have, was coming. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that screenshot, you know, screen cap, or whatever. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, at this point, I don't, I don't know when I will see Wonder Woman. Probably not in October in theaters, but, um, but you know, I'm at the point where I, I feel like I kind of know enough about the movie that I don't need to see another trailer. So yeah, and that's it, like you kind of said, it's just been a weird road. Um, the movie's going to come out almost a year after it was originally supposed to, after them being delayed to June oh, right. and then it was November that. last year originally. And Jeez. we, especially on this podcast, like you usually get a teaser and then a kind of trailer, basically two trailers. And then we don't, everything after that is usually the movie's right about to come out. And this is in a weird spot yeah. where who knows if they would have had what this would have looked like in a normal year, but we just don't. We know what the movie is. We both are excited for it. I don't need to see any more extra footage that's going to take away from the real film whenever I yep. do finally see it. Well, and that's how I feel. Not to not to derail this, but like No Time to Die is supposed to come out in November. They re- they released one trailer. I, just on Twitter, I saw people saying that they like, oh, we might get a new trailer for that soon if it's still coming out. I'm like, I don't, I don't want one. No, keep <laughs> right. it, keep it. Just just get the movie out. But but yeah, so Wonder Woman that is coming out in October. Um, uh, so that's the most immediate uh, kind of thing coming up for DC. Um, they also showed a trailer for the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which we did discuss already on this podcast when that news, the long rumored, long demanded by some um, uh, director's some. cuts of... Justice League, uh, it's officially coming next year to HBO Max. It's They did confirm it's going to be four hours split up into one-hour parts. Now, did they say that it'll be like released like a series or released all at once, but in just four parts? No, so it'll be, it'll be four one-hour installments that I imagine will be like week after week or whatever. Mm, okay. But then that they would cut it into a, a full movie after. Oh. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so we did get a trailer for this. Um, I'll just say I, I literally just watched this trailer right before we recorded. Uh, I, I've seen Justice League once. Don't really plan on seeing it again. All the footage in that looked like it was from the same movie. So, okay. Like, I... I'm sure there's new stuff in there or interesting stuff that's different or hints at different things, but it just looked like a, another trailer for the same movie um, made even worse by this, like just pretentious cover of Leonard Cohen's hallelujah song over it for really no 
to to really no effects or no discernible reason except that he Zack Snyder continues to try to elevate these characters to some sort of religious status, uh, which is just I don't know. It that trailer did not do a whole lot for me in terms of getting me eager to check out four hours of it. But what did you think? <laughs> um, yeah, I agree that that using that song was uh, not great, and it is funny. I, I don't. I've I've defended. Not Zach as some great filmmaker, but just as he doesn't deserve all that he gets. And, you know, that whether you think he deserves this film is deserving of this extra money and that at least what happened to his family, like for him to get some closure and kind of finish this project totally. is, is, of course, a, a cool thing. Um, that being said, he did like a Q&A thing before this and just the way he answered and talked about some of the characters. It was just a very different experience in hearing Matt Reeves talk about his view on some things and mm, yeah. Um, but so I, I saw justice league twice because I saw it at midnight or whatever opening night. And then because it came out in November, I then did what a lot, I do with a lot of movies that come out around then is then I go see it, you know, like my parents or family when I go home, see mm-hmm. it for a, a round two. Um, and yeah, a lot of the scenes I was like, is this different or not? The main thing I noticed, which I think people have been talking about this since even like a little clip was shown is that it doesn't have that weird the climax doesn't take place in that weird red sky thing it's just like normal sky which maybe you didn't notice but that was like something that really stuck out to me so it's it's weird that a lot of this is just going to be like little choices that he didn't wouldn't have done you know it's not like it's just people just don't know what does it mean when it say this is my version it can just be as simple as a color correcting choice you know sure uh, we obviously saw some Superman in the black costume, which we never got to see his little regeneration suit. Was that in the trailer? Yeah. Evan. Oh. All right. I didn't. <laughs> you see him like walking out from the fortress, like wearing it. And then at the very end, when they're all together, he's wearing it too. Like oh, only, I, only I the very first scene when he's getting blasted by something, which I don't know if that's like a recap of, or like a flashback to Batman v Superman or whatever, but. Yeah, a lot of it I didn't. I don't really remember what else was in there other than um, uh, some more scenes from like the trailers that never made it in to the the original cut, and then that little blurb from Batman at the end or whatever. So I'm still like, oh, the other bit, major thing, which you, which watching you watch this right before we pressed record, you're like, what is going on with this aspect ratio? Is I guess it like. In true IMAX, it would look like a 4x3 image, you know, whereas a normal 4x3, as, as we're used to watching on TV, is all cropped, you know. But the end result is still not going to be ideal for considering everyone is watching this at home on their TVs or phones or anything. So, we'll be well, curious to see how it actually releases. Because even when Nolan does that stuff, like for the like Blu-ray release, like it's not a 4x3 looking image. Like he just... He still Close crops it. it he just full screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, that, that's that'll be an, an odd if if that's truly how that goes. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out. There's no specific date on that, but um, I just saw there were some rumors that it was dated for September next year, but those were shot down. So it's undefined. Sometime I assume late, like the second half of next year, because they still have to do work on that thing. But yeah, um, sometime next year, Snyder cut. 
coming well, and to And I'm going HBO to, I'm, I was talking with a friend that has never seen any of these movies, and I was like, oh, I'll do kind of a movie club or a book club type thing and watch these with you if you want, because it is really his, tr- you don't really have to watch Wonder Woman or Aquaman. They came out after. You just have to watch Man of Steel, which I think you and I both liked. Mm-hmm. Batman yeah. v Superman, and then Justice League, if you want to watch the original to compare. And I will say that um, if anyone else is interested in doing that, HBO Max does have the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman, which I've never mm-hmm. seen. But there is a lot going on in there. And there are some interesting ideas in the film. I, I give it that. Um, but I, I've read that the, again, it's not a totally different movie, just like this four-hour thing. It's not going to be probably as, as different as people want. But I have heard that it is a, a slightly better experience that a lot of these different things he's trying to juggle have some more room to breathe and not just yeah. like aren't cut to death, you know, for the theatrical cut. So just kind of interesting that just like HBO is embracing this director's cut, they are showing like a non-theatrical version of a film that already exists on their platform. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got a little bit more details about Black Adam with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is currently scheduled for December 2021. Uh, what, as someone who knows nothing about this character, uh, what what's up with this movie <laughs> so far? Yeah, so this is something that um, just like Sh- Shazam and Black Adam have been in development hell for over 10 years. I remember being in college, which I just revealed was over 10 years ago, um, sadly, hearing about this with The Rock. And, you know, we, we probably talked about, touched on this during our Shazam uh, review, but, you know, if you've seen some of the images or concept art that they were released over the, during the panel, um, he looks like Shazam, except instead of the red and white, it's black with the Thunderbolt. So similar powers, and they kind of alluded to this somebody else wielding the power, I think, during some sort of uh, vision or flashback in the Rock of Eternity uh, during Shazam. But, yeah, he's kind of this um, Magneto-type character, you know, that he was a slave, so he kind of wields this power to get justice, and he kind of comes to our world thousands of years later and is like, you just let these people in these towers with their suits tell you what to do well, i'll just go kill them and then we'll be free mm-hmm. you know like he's so he is kind of interesting and has this kind mm-hmm. of anti-hero sometimes he's a good guy it is very magneto-esque in, in that in that fashion so it's mm-hmm. definitely an interesting character and of course the rock you know talking a lot about oh he'll be he'll be killing some people we're not i'm the rock baby i'm not holding back <laughs> um <laughs> What's interesting to me about this film is that you do wonder for characters, any villain, like can this villain sustain his own movie? And we found out that the Justice Society, maybe this was rumored before, I I don't really know, but the Justice Society of America will be making their big screen debut. And that's kind of a precursor to the Justice League um, and kind of a thing where I I kind of touched on before with the multiverse that like, okay, well, if this is a precursor and if in like a comic book time, we're talking about, you know, how could they be of equal age and actually fight alongside each other? Well, you have this multiverse concept or, you know, whatever you want to, however you want to roll it. So I don't know how, if this takes place in the past or it takes place in the present and the justice society is just another group of heroes that exist today. I don't know how they're going to spin it, but they revealed four heroes, Adam Smasher, Dr. Fate, Hawkman and Cyclone. Cyclone. I've never heard of before. Adam Smasher, I've heard of, but don't have a ton of experience with. And Noah Sen- 
Tenio uh, appeared during the panel to say he's like getting jacked and is excited. Um, he plays a character that can just like get huge and mess people up. Um, but Dr. Fate and Hawkman, I'm extremely excited about. They're very cool mm. characters that we've seen a little bit of like in on screen on, on TV, but it's just kind of, I don't know. It's kind of crazy that they're doing this pairing. It's, it's just one of those things where they're just kind of trying to throw a bunch of stuff in this movie or, I, you know, we didn't obviously get, they haven't started filming. We don't really know what the story is. So a lot of different pieces that we don't really quite, didn't quite get the sense like with some of the other things with this being further out, like what that might look like or how well those are going to work together. But yeah, he's excited about it. And like a lot of the projects we're talking about, the theme is it looks like it's actually going to happen this time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, especially if that is coming out, you know, late next year, like they would, I mean, that's something that they'd start getting going on pretty quickly. Yeah. So. And just a, a quick other note, too. There was a Shazam panel and they revealed that the, t- the only kind of big piece there is that the title is Shazam Fury of the Gods. Um, and and Shazam is an acronym for Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. So is it those guys or what? And oh. if Black Adam, with Black Adam releasing that close in proximity, will he appear in that? And, you know, a lot but, of unknowns for these Shazam world movies. Yeah, I mean Shazam is even for Shazam is November two thousand twenty two, um, so there'd be there'd be about oh, a year between okay, them. Okay, yeah, uh, with all um, the shuffling around, I've so it. But I mean, to your point, that almost certainly means that maybe Black Adam will somehow tease the Shazam sequel, in you know, in some way. Um, but yeah, so Shaz- after Black Adam, currently after Black Adam, Shazam would be the next DC movie up, which. Thinking about November 2022 is just hard to even comprehend right now, but that's when supposedly the Shazam sequel will come out. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that they really have on the docket is Aquaman 2, which I remember when they announced, which is currently scheduled for December 2022. I remember when they announced the sequel, it's like, oh, you all are taking your time to make an Aquaman 2, which is kind of weird and surprising. But um, I know they did... They had a panel for that too, right? Yeah, it was like five or ten minutes and I, I – this isn't the biggest deal. I just thought it was something I wasn't thinking about. The whole – I caught it – I was a couple minutes late, but the whole thing was really just James Wan, the director, talking with Patrick Wilson, who he's worked with on this and in The Conjuring. Oh, sure. Patrick Wilson, who played Ocean Master, Aquaman's like half-brother. And uh, – this will kind of be somewhat spoilers for Aquaman, a what two-year-old, two-year-old movie right. at this point. No. Um, but they confirmed that Patrick Wilson's going to be back for the sequel, which I – not that that's out of the question. He's certainly a more integral character than just like villain of the movie or could be. I just didn't expect them to take kind of that route with it, you know? I just expected it to be the typical, okay, you've been – defeated to jail with you and we'll never see or hear from you again. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked, I mean, obviously like him as an actor and I think there's, I don't know how well I did with their relationship and all of that in this film, but there's certainly something that could be done in the future. So I just thought that was worth, worth noting. Yeah. At least some little tidbit about that movie that you're right is still far away for how big of a hit it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that kind of wraps up. Oh, I will say, too, James Wan said the next film will be a little more serious, which um, seeing how I I did not really enjoy the first film's attempts at humor for the most part, that is a welcome welcome, uh, change for me. 
Yeah, he didn't I mention anything I... about whether Pitbull would be making an appearance on the soundtrack, though. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, I just remembered, are they, was there any mention of that spinoff, The Trench or whatever? No. I wonder if that's happening still. Or maybe that's even later, but that'd be weird. I thought that was supposed to be maybe before this. Like a yeah, I, I maybe, thought that maybe too. Maybe COVID was... <laughs> derailed that. Right. Wouldn't, yeah. be, wouldn't be that shocking. Um. Well, yeah, that was DC fandom. A lot of you know, all things considered, a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, and there were a couple of video game, big video game announcements and reveals yeah. we didn't even talk about, which were kind of crazy, and you know, panels for the TV shows too. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's cool to hear that they're with Marvel kind of being in. I mean, we know what's coming out with Marvel, but knowing what's uh, kind of more immediate for DC and and that they're kind of breaking free of that original extended universe concept, it's it's cool. We want movies from everywhere to be alive and thriving, man. Yeah. And with this kind of like in the video game world, we, we saw with E3, this this might just mean that they never do big Comic-Con stuff again because they can do their own thing. <laughs> yeah, this was a huge success. There were, yeah. it's, I mean, all these things were trending, which is what you want. You don't have to like – they still tried to create this. It was kind of a hindrance. Like you were like, this isn't on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, you have to go to their oh, yeah. actual Tr- websites. Trying like, to get it going at first was just not quite as intuitive as I thought it would be. Yeah. Not that it was hard. I just, I didn't, I, anyway. Part but of it, but it was just how bad the internet is of just trying to Google right. an easy question. And it's a thousand articles that are like a thousand words long of, here's how to watch something. It shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, it was a cool, it still created the vibe of a con where like, yeah, you didn't, I don't know if that Matt Reeves discussion is available online. Like, I don't have a problem if it is, but it's cool that like for me tuning in, I caught that. And then yeah. of course they released the trailer, you know, they're not like gatekeeping the f- actual footage yeah. like they do. So yeah, big success and we'll have to see what the future of all these cons are. Yeah. So that was the fandom. Yeah. We also, uh, much like the old guard thought we'd pick a, a, to try to talk about some new films this year. Yeah. As rare as they are picked another kind of bigger budget in terms of Netflix, at least star studded, comic book-esque film and that's where project power comes in unlike the old guard it was not uh, this is not based on any any comic book it just is very much in that realm so we thought it was worth talking about yeah it it seemed you know going into it like uh i think i saw the budget was like 85 million so kind of you know that's a that's a decent budget and and you know kind of well, there's room for if, that. If, Marvel and DC if, don't make movies at that level, you know. If you had, uh, if you had uh, told me that this was based on some sort of comic book or graphic novel, I would have said, "Sure, yeah, <laughs> right. it was. Like, it, it has that." <laughs> well, and, and I mean, and that's actually, I mean, the whole kind of crux of this movie, right? Is it's about normal people, you know, as an illegal drug, you can f- take something. Anybody can take something and and see if they get a superpower. Um, that's kind of the gist of it. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it's super, it's very much in that wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's another, you know, it, it's a Netflix original. It's, it's another, I think, example of them just throwing a pretty big chunk of change at, you know, a movie to just get, you know, as they do get more content on their, on their service. Um, and I'll say just my general reactions to this. Um, I think, and I think the old guard is a, pretty decent comparison since we you know watched that and discussed that recently too i overall had a good time with this movie um this 
this movie more so than the old guard it it scratched my itch for like a again like a decent like budget like summer blockbuster type thing that you know in a, in normal times i would have maybe gone and seen this in a theater and you know over the summer in august and been like <laughs> okay like this is fine like you know it's not offensively bad and and there's some cool stuff in here and it you know it could have been better in several different ways but yeah okay sure and the fact that i was able to get that this summer which i didn't find anywhere else so far I guess I don't know what maybe Mulan or something would do that. Though I don't plan on paying. That's a whole other thirty dollars for paying that. however much that costs. But um, I I really enjoyed. It. I think it. I think it. Um, it it was creative. It was fun. I think it it was flashy in a way that that I appreciated. Um, the money was on the screen, and you know, in most cases. Um, and I just it was it was it was a good a good experience for this moment to to get a little taste of that. Um, yeah, again, even if it wasn't groundbreaking in any real way. Yeah, I think that's a good a good descriptor. And at least it was trying to have kind of a unique style and, and did some more fun, exciting things, whereas the old guard didn't. I know a lot of that was by choice, but you could actually see the money on the screen, which is a good way of, of putting that. Um, there are lots of crazy different with the action kind of camera stuff they'd try. And sometimes it seemed like a kitchen sink approach in some sense, but I'd rather have it be exciting than boring. Um, yeah. And they almost had, whether it's red, uh, like warning lights on a ship or random red lights in someone's seedy apartment, there's always some sort of crazy lighting going on, <laughs> which again, is kind of like, there's just a lot of everything in here, but it does look good. Um, and yeah, this isn't a dog on it at all, but like it is kind of a mindless just action film. And I think one thing that does not hurts it, but like it moves relatively fast, especially mm-hmm. towards the end, but it doesn't really explore. There are a lot of deeper things that like a better film would explore that it just doesn't really touch on at all. hundred percent. Um, Cause I thought it was going to kind of capture on some of the political uh, you know, anti-corporate sentiments that are, are going around with this, like, oh, they're kind of preying on, like, the poor and, like, kind of with drug use, filtering in these drugs to test it on them and something like that. And they don't really ever talk about that. They don't talk about, like, are people seeking this out? Why are they seeking it out? Because the whole thing is a lottery, basically. Each person has one power. It's not like, oh, I'm going to take this pill and today I'll be the human torch, but tomorrow I'll be Iceman. It's like, you are one of those things and you don't know until you take it. Oh, and there's a chance you might just spontaneously combust and die immediately if you do. Okay, well, what type of person would be willing to make that choice? Why are they making that choice? Why is it such a bad thing that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character did it? Like, it's not something you seem to be get addicted to or that, like, there's a negative consequence to. You just have the power or you as, don't. A, like, as, a, as a police officer like yeah. a police officer was like oh cool you took it and like you didn't die so that's kind of maybe a risky personal choice that you shouldn't have made is everything okay with you but since you did make that choice that's kind of a cool thing to have on the force i would think now now to be <laughs> fair and actually this did make me laugh in that scene um a bunch of other cops did get shot in a way that they maybe wouldn't have if he <laughs> didn't barge into that bank robbery <laughs> yeah. uh when he was told to not do that so right that's true that's that true. May, may not be the best example, but no, you, you're. I I think you, I think we're on similar pages. Like it, 
the first like third of the movie is really engaging and, and entertaining and it lays that groundwork that we're like, okay, yeah, like this is going to do some cool could do, hopefully do some cool things or explore some cool ideas. And then it just kind of settles into this like very rote, like Jamie Foxx looking for his daughter kind of storyline with a couple other characters that sort of get mixed up, up with it. And it, it, and it doesn't do anything interesting really with that, that story. Um, it's it's not something that's new in, in really any way. Um, again, I think that that journey is still entertaining most of the time to to some degree at least. Um, and I'll say I actually so there's kind of three main leads in this movie. So Jamie Fox, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and then a I want to say newcomer. I guess maybe she's been in other stuff. Certainly new to me. Um, Dominique Fishback as this. Um, like high school age uh, drug dealer basically for this power uh, power pill. Um, And I'll say Jamie Foxx, I actually really enjoyed in this in a way that was like, why is he not in more like more of these types of movies, right? Like playing like a cool, badass, like action hero kind of person. Like he just, maybe that's his choice. Maybe, you know, who knows, but like, I, it made me want to see him do more stuff like this, maybe even better movies in the future. But like, that was cool to see. And I think, uh, Dominique totally. Fishback was, was really good too. in in with what she had as a character and kind of what she was doing, like she is someone who I would like to see more of. And I think I suspect we will see more of in, in other stuff. Um, I didn't feel quite the same way about Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a performance or his character, but two out of three ain't that bad, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I had a somewhat different experience maybe. And this, I will admit, and that's the problem with these Netflix movies and why I like going to the theater is I wasn't really in the mood for nothing against this film. Just I had to watch, you know, I had to watch it when I had to watch it because we were going to talk about it. And I kind of watched this film in like three or four sittings and, (laughs) Um, two for me, but yeah, I, I was the mean. least into it when I started. And so to me, the first third, I think her performance is what made it work for me because otherwise it just seemed like a very like set up, very basic setup. And especially kn- knowing that like the film doesn't really follow up on that kind of stuff. Like, the, at the, you know, with her being, oh, he, she's like a drug dealer. You don't really find out. There's lots of threads that don't really go anywhere in terms of totally. the character stuff, you know? And so I thought, okay, well... Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to, like, be the small... We're going to get this... You know, it takes place in New Orleans. They kind of hint about it being post-Katrina. That whole vibe of, like, well, this is... Oh, there's going to be, like, a a reason that this takes place in New Orleans. And they don't really touch on that from a community standpoint. Um, They don't really touch on race, I don't think. Um, And then, then, yeah, like, the the Jamie Foxx piece comes in. And those seem to be, like, two different... Like almost like they wanted two different movies, and then mm-hmm. they didn't really have enough for e- for each, so they they smashed them together. Yeah, and neither one on their own, just from a plot perspective, really goes anywhere. But like you said, Jamie Fox is just so charismatic, mm-hmm. and I could watch him. This isn't that unique of a role, but he does it so effortlessly and has so much fun. And I liked a little bit the little uh, continuing bit of you tell me, am I lying? <laughs> that was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, his back and forth with her is great. 
Uh, same with her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And for me, the movie kind of took off and was at least more of that kind of fun action film when those all those characters finally met like about halfway through and, yeah. and kind of collided. And that's when it really... Even though it did abandon some of those other potentially more interesting things, it just kind of turned on the action and just kind of went for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were just different... And, and the movie also has a very... Uh, the characters behaves it had a it had a sense of humor and kind of weirdness to it at different moments that like mm-hmm. surprisingly worked um and i i enjoyed that so like it wasn't def- it, you know they, they they tried to do some different things here it wasn't just a let's just crap out some movie with a few people and you know they did definitely had a goal here um god there's something else i was going to say but then for every interesting thing there were other things where i'm like what is the plot here cuz then the <laughs> When they abandon those other threads, there's really nothing else. And, like, somebody, I think, actually says, what's his name? Rodrigo Santoro? Yeah. Welcome to Project Power. And it's like, yes. is this yes. just a, a one-man scientist that's trying to sell this? At other times, it seems like it's a massive government worldwide conspiracy. Yes. And then that- at, at, later on in the movie, they go, well, as you know, all the powers are based on animals. And I was like... That is news <laughs> yeah. to me, yeah. Because I don't, I don't ever. I mean, I know we live in Iowa, which is a very boring uh, place on the planet in terms of uh, geography and wildlife. But if there's an animal that can light itself on fire or turn <laughs> yes. into Iceman, yes. I do not want to meet it. <laughs> I know they, they they keep. I have the same reaction, and they keep explaining it as like thermo, like um, like self thermoregulation or something. It's like. Okay, but that doesn't mean that they turn on like burst into flames. <laughs> like, when they, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally like. It feels like a movie that they kind of like had maybe an overall idea for like, yeah, how to like sensically work in like this corporate angle and like the government angle and like all these like these like bigger plot kind of things that were happening. But then, like halfway through, they just sort of realized that they didn't know what to do with those. So they just sort of turned it into a rescue story, which again, I think like it, that is still a vehicle for some interesting scenes, some interesting powers and, you know, moments where you're like, Ooh, this guy's popping a pill. What's going to happen? I think, I think there, there is some creative um, just filmmaking going on. Like I, and sometimes it, I feel like it, it isn't as successful as they wanted it to be, but I'm so glad they tried it. And I'm thinking mostly of um, that kind of confrontation in the underground where he, where uh, he says project power, like in the underground secret oh, yeah. bar or whatever. And like, there's a kind of extended sequence that we're seeing from inside this like test chamber where sh- this woman is freezing to death basically because she took one of these, was forced to take one of these things, whatever happened there. But we, we see like what's happening from her perspective, like through this, like kind of icy um, stuff, which I thought was interesting it, in a lot of ways. It kind of kind of hid the action. Yeah. For a little yeah. Bit. Which maybe was a way to, you know, save some money or whatever, but like, but I thought it was interesting. Like it was, it felt a so, little bit different. And maybe I'm not articulating this thought, but be, much like the kind of haphazard plotting and, and just kind of, let's just run with this, with the writing and, and story. Again, none of it looked bad or that it was executed poorly, but it kind of seems like that's what the filmmaking was like too. There were just so many different techniques that are used once or twice. And for every kind of very cool intentional bit like that from inside the 
uh, chamber, there's just like random camera turns or like, okay, well now we're showing a shot where like the camera's inside her motorcycle helmet. And there's just a ton of stuff. Yeah. And maybe that is fine. It's just to me doesn't seem like a coherent style or like it's not, oh, hey, there's some interesting cinematography or interesting lighting. It's just, no, there's always interesting lighting. It's just like (laughs) somebody said like, we got to do really cool stuff and that that was their style is just lots of stuff. That once it's like let's let's put a camera on Jamie Foxx's gun as he points it around and just like well then there's this, this the scene time. where he um I think it's after yeah I think it's in the climax after he like uses all his power his pistol shrimp power and falls down on his face then they they have a shot where it's like he's resting on glass and it's looking up like from the ground at his face oh, smashed mm-hmm, and it's sure. just like just a lot of stuff so. Which again, I'm not. Maybe I'm just. That's just. That's a a choice. That's a valid choice. It's just maybe not for me as much. I just that kind of had this Netflixy vibe to it that I wouldn't have seen. I don't think you would have seen it a more. I don't know. Yeah, and maybe I, it's the folks involved, which you should talk about too. I th- yes, we should. Um, I, I do think that's fair, and I th- and I think I agree. I'm just glad that they tried something. And again, I I totally. I, I keep comparing it to the old guard, and I think. I think I said this in that episode, but like most Netflix original movies that are like supposed to be like big budget action type movies, they usually feel kind of boring or like generic in a way that I'm always surprised by. And I, and I guess like for this movie, when I say something like you can see the the money on the screen, like, I don't, I don't mean to say that's always like a good thing, but right. Right. But I feel like, with a lot of these Netflix movies where you know that they still spend a, a good chunk of change, you're like, this feels like a made for TV, like, like a <laughs> yeah. slightly better made for TV movie. Right. And this didn't feel like that to me. It was like, okay, like you're, you know, you got a budget to make a big movie and you're making a big movie, even if it's a weird mishmash of styles and stuff. And totally. Yeah. Like it, it kept yeah. me, it kept me, you know, paying attention for the most part. But again, I still watched it in two sittings, which is just what, I guess the era we live in, right? Where it's, it's easy to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but you mentioned the filmmakers, which this, I think it was like, I was basically when I was halfway through, I kind of was like, who, who made this movie? And I was pretty surprised. Uh, so it's directed by a, a directing duo, uh, Ariel Shulman and Henry Joost. And I was like, okay, sure. But then, uh, especially Ariel Shulman's name was familiar. So this is the crew that started their directing career by directing Catfish, the movie, the original movie that spawned the MTV series. Um, that was a documentary that I think was maybe there's questions about how much of a documentary it was. Maybe, I don't know, but that was like, they're, they're, you know, they're, uh, debut. Then they also directed Paranormal Activity three and four, and then this movie before the last movie before this was called Nerve, which I vaguely remembered coming out, starring um, was it yeah, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco, which I feel like from the trailers I remember having a similar style to this movie. Um, but you did you actually see this movie? Yeah, I got invited to a. I saw a free screening of it actually, and I I enjoyed it. Cool. I can't say I remember a ton about it, but I yeah. There's there's lots of kind of cool. Um, here I can show you on our Zoom call. Lots of kind of cool neon yeah. lights, yep. kind of stuff in in the city, and um, 
Yeah, I, I actually would kind of, I wouldn't mind seeing it again because I don't remember a ton of it, but I, I had a, a good time. An online truth or dare game. That's what it's about, according to my research. That's a movie I should maybe check out now because I was kind of into this. If, if it's streaming, I don't want to pay extra money for it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so an interesting team. And, and I think, you know, after this... You know, for all its, you know, positives or minuses, I would be very interested to see what they, what the next movie is that they make. I mean, by, it's hard to tell with Netflix, but by all accounts, this has been a hugely successful movie for Netflix in terms of who, how many people watched it. Um, so I imagine they, I mean, maybe, I guess they could make a sequel to this too. Yeah. What's interesting though is like the, the film ends and, and yeah, despite our, <laughs> Not really knowing, well, okay, is this just Rodrigo Santoro leading this thing? Or is he, is this some giant government conspiracy? Um, and it apparently is the latter because, you know, they're still doing this everywhere. You know, this is just the beginning or there's other cities or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Jamie Foxx very clearly said, well, I, I mean, and his whole motivation was just to kind of get his daughter and be done with this thing. So he even says, I'm out, which would leave us with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Yeah. Who's like a normal cop that doesn't I mean he was pretty badass, but I don't know what he didn't seem to have the tools and he, uh well, he, and, at, and and wherewithal that Jamie Foxx's character at, did. At the end he specifically says he's gonna like go to the press. He's like, I'm not find a reporter. Oh, it's like Right, right. It's like maybe this says more about other things. I'm like just that alone may not do much, my friend, but uh <laughs> um I mean, yeah, they could they could find a way to bring Jamie Foxx back if they wanted. Oh, sure. I was going to say but, this. Yeah, I mean. But actually, when I was thinking about this earlier, just generally speaking about Netflix, it did make me realize, I know they're supposedly making a sequel to Bright, but Netflix doesn't, have they made any sequels to like, I know they've made to like some of their like romantic comedy type stuff, but like, have they made any sequels to their like more larger budget, like action thriller type things? I don't think they have. Not that I can think which of, is, yeah. Interesting. Um, maybe this will be the first one. Maybe they'll make a br- sequel to Bright, which I still had never saw that. I feel like I didn't miss much. Um, but yeah, I, th- you know, I, oh, oh, I, I did want to say um, another aspect of that, about it I really did like. And again, this kind of goes back to my like, all right, like they had some money and they're spending it. Is, you know, so much of this film was shot on location in New Orleans, which just again it had a more big blockbuster movie feel because it had a lot of of location stuff that wasn't um you know wasn't just a bunch of boring sets or whatever um which i thought was cool they but i think that's another example where they try there's almost almost it's like yes you're you're in new orleans it takes place there you're filming it there but there's so much new orleans stuff that's between like you know, the saints and like, you know, the local like flavor. It's like almost like every chance they got, they like jam something in there. It's like, okay, just calm down. Like we get it. You're in new Orleans. But then there's also like a couple, I feel like there were a couple mentions or like allusions to like Katrina and like other more like social or like even political stuff that just kind of are mentioned and don't really like other aspects of the movie like you're like why did you even bring that up that's what i was saying like yeah bringing up that and just the you know we're talking about 
you have the cops, you have uh, you know, Jamie Foxx, a black man, yeah. you have all these kind of issues that they're clearly must be intentional, you would think, but they don't have any interest in really exploring them. Yeah. They're totally. going more for that action angle and yeah. Which again, it, it doesn't make it any less entertaining. It just, you just wonder what would happen if this wasn't a Netflix movie and just, yeah. Like a lot of stuff. Project power. But yeah, I mean, given how loosely thrown together this was, they could do anything for a sequel, even if they don't have those guys back. It could just be like a different city, a different experiment or outbreak or whatever, you know? I will say, too, you mentioned this earlier with the – anytime you talk about the money, in addition to just the camera tricks, which is kind of more what I think about, the climax of the film, which I watched earlier today. But that first use of it with Machine Gun Kelly is the rapper that played her cousin Newt. Yeah. Um, him taking his, his his power being the fire, it was interesting because um, I've always liked the idea of superhero, and I've had this idea I've had since college. Not that I'm the only person to have this, but like, what if physiologically these powers worked like the way they would? Like somebody that was had Ice Man's powers would be cold all the time. Like that's not natural. They would constantly having to be warmed up, or like the Flash, their metabolism would be crazy, so they'd have to eat like all the time. This guy looked like being the human torch was not like a pleasant experience. Totally. Yeah. Like there was like fire was like oozing off him and his body was like melting away and you could even see it was like half kind of it wasn't healed yet from the previous time when you first see him. And then you you mentioned that girl that took the the ice man kind of mm-hmm. pill and at first with the temperature regulation she was kind of like, "Oh, like like breathing ice like, "Oh, this is kind of fun." And then the mm-hmm. second that went away, I was like, "Oh my god, this is I'm dying." Yep. yep. Uh so that was kind of interesting how that was the only kind of hint towards the drug being a like them preying upon them and that they're truly experimenting, but again, just another angle that wasn't really yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad you mentioned that um again the that kind of early sequence with the fire guy cuz I think that was the best best sequence in the whole movie. Like that kind of chase yeah. through the apartment complex was pretty pretty cool pretty well done um but yeah i would no matter who's in it as long i mean especially if they have the same directors i would if a sequel to this popped up on netflix and again this is just getting to the core of how netflix operates but if it if it popped up on netflix in a couple of years i would watch it i'd check it out i'd see what what and they I, what, and, what and new I, powers they what new animal inspired powers that they had and Netflix comes out with stuff every week, so I probably wouldn't, but I would because we'd talk about it on the podcast well, probably. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay, it'd be a full-blown franchise. I do want to say one final thing. I Other movies do this, but I will always refer to these type of comedic moments as a super bad moment. It, I fell hard for when she's in the class oh, and the yes. professor goes, what do you have? What's your plan? And she drops this insane rap on him yes. and the crowd goes nuts and then it immediately cuts back to reveal that that did not happen at yep. all. Yep. I love yep. that. That was so good. Yeah, that was good. Mm. And that was, I mean, that was I think that's the core of like what really got me into this early on was like I think that was like basically right after that fire scene. I was like, okay, like this movie is doing some, some cool stuff and it mm-hmm. didn't really live up to it completely, but I still had a decent time with it. Right on. So, I would say if you have Netflix and some time to kill, check it out. Check it out. Glowing endorsement. <laughs> check it out. Exactly. Sure. Evan, unmasked. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, 
you know, Evan kind of alluded to this earlier with the Wonder Woman piece, but um, as we were recording this on a Saturday, New Mutants came out yesterday um, due to COVID, and especially we're here in Iowa where it is not good. Um, Past couple days have been the worst. They're yeah. literally the worst so far. Yeah. yeah, we and I have some high risk family members, so I I don't foresee me seeing New Mutants, Tenant. Assuming all the release dates stay, stay Wonder Woman, right. Black Widow, or Bond. As much as I have been waiting to see all of those movies for for multiple years, uh, for in some cases, uh, really bums me out. But I just I can't do it. I know that you're in probably the same boat. I know Bond is. I mean, I do not have a Spider Man film coming out this fall. Right, where do you right. you have Bond? So I know that's a different story, but. That's just kind of where we're at right now, and you guys will we'll keep you posted. But unfortunately, we're it's probably not in the cards for us, at least in for us to twenty twenty. Yeah, I just I, I don't think uh, you know everybody has to make their own choice, but I just don't think it makes sense uh, right now or anytime soon. And again, Bond is like for me, you know, if a new Bond movie is in theaters in the U.S. in November, I. I have to see it. I mean, there's, I feel that strong, uh, strongly compelled towards it, but that's, that's the only, only situation, only movie that, uh, that would drive me towards that. Uh, I think yeah. anytime soon. So that's the probably way it'll be for, for at least a, a time. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's in the, in the meantime, we've had a lot of fun doing kind of our old, our unmasked from the past, keeping totally. us going. Um, speaking of Bond, we'll continue our little Bond yeah. look back uh, after just the amazing... Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about Evan unleashing his Bond <laughs> knowledge. They want more. A lot of people are saying it. Uh, so we're going to continue the next... Uh, I, I messed it up last time. Is it Lazenby or Lazenby? Lazenby. George Lazenby's only Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service will be the next episode of Unmasked. Unmasked from the past, and then who knows from there. Every day is different in this world, so uh, we'll just have to we'll play it by ear and then let you know when we know. So appreciate you listening as always. If you're enjoying the show, please give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be much appreciated. And we will see you for our next episode on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Doctorate?